Shannon Tipton here, and welcome to another Learning Rebels in 15, where we take the best bits from the Learning Rebels coffee chat and give you an espresso shot to jumpstart your day. Today's double shot comes from the chat about handling learning myths, not to be confused with busting them. Today, we want to talk about how to address them when they show up in the wild. Like when a colleague or a manager states a myth as truth, now what? How can we handle this situation with grace and patience without making others feel inferior or stupid? Well, the coffee chat has thoughts. So without further ado, let's get to it. We start here with a classic. People don't know what they don't know. Accidental trainers come with a toolbox, but is that toolbox loaded with tools to fix a car or is it loaded with tools to build a house? This is where the dilemma starts. I think there's a lot of belief inside of organizations and companies that the people who are going to be really great at training were the people who were doing it. And then in the transition, there's not necessarily support systems in place to help them then scaffold around their operational knowledge with the training and learning and development knowledge that is essential. It's tough to get people to let go of sacred cows, but how can we convince people to shed the learning myths? Well, it all starts with science. The learning myths are sacred cows. We don't want to let go of them. And once people get a hold of them, oh my God, they're not going to let go. So I kind of started introducing the thought of brain science, neuroscience, Mm -hmm. because in the healthcare industry, I could speak the scientific language and kind of help people understand these are the things that we do know about how we learn and introduce them to trying to design towards what we know currently. So I had some success with that. But it's a tough road for those people who have been doing it a long time or new and they've been coached by someone else who, you know, hasn't grown in the role. I really do believe that we have to mentor and develop our new folks. Simply put, experience misinforms. Just because we've seen a thing happen over and over again doesn't mean it's the norm. A key difference between a subject matter expert and a person with deep L&D knowledge will be able to identify the difference. I was in aviation training for a while. Somebody shared this with me. Very experienced, very successful flight instructor. He said, I know that positive reinforcement does not work, but negative reinforcement does work. And he says, there's absolutely no question about it. From my own experience, I know it's true. When one of my students does really well and I give them positive reinforcement, they always do worse next time. When one of my students does really poorly and I give them negative reinforcement, they always do better next time. So there was no doubt in my mind that negative reinforcement works and positive doesn't. The fact is, he was simply observing a statistical reality called regression toward the mean. It had nothing to do with what he said. It was just a reality that will happen every time. If you do your best, next time you'll do worse. If you do your worst, next time you do best. 
But his experience absolutely convinced him without a doubt that he was right. And that's the problem with having SMEs or content experts become pseudo learning experts. Mm -hmm. Their experience misinforms them so many times, but they're absolutely convinced that they're correct. Respect the truth and not the myth. We often say, train what you want people to do, not what they shouldn't do. So in this case, the same logic applies. I read an article by some cognitive uh, psychologists. How do you turn back the myths and make the truth stick? The, basically, the takeaway was just repeat the truth. Don't repeat the myth. And if you have to repeat the myth, add a disclaimer. And your explanation of the truth, make it as simple as possible to the myth believer. Because if it's a complicated explanation, they'll just fall back on believing the myth. Really, once you start telling people that, oh, you're going to forget 20% of this, or you're an auditory learner of this, people who come to learn begin to label themselves. Yes. And they begin to say, well, I can't do that because I'm an auditory learner, so I'm not a visual learner. And trying to get people to understand you don't have to label yourself. You don't have to limit yourself. Yeah, I think as designers, it's up to us to find different ways to help people remember. And reinforcement is huge. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget the tried and true method. Ask them, how did you get there from here? What did you read? What did you research? Help me understand the why behind why you are saying this. So a couple of things. The first is about if somebody brings up the learning curve, like one of our colleagues or peers, kind of turn it back on them and ask them, well, what do you mean by that? Or what is your takeaway mm -hmm. from that? Or how does that apply to you? Because sometimes people will drop some of these myths to appear learned or like they are oh. on top of things, just finding out what their perspective is on it. The other is around where people think like, oh, they're this style, therefore they can't do this. We can all do a better job of building in reflection time and saying, okay, based on what you've just taken in and what you know about yourself, what are some ways that you can commit to making sure that you apply this or that you continue this learning? Where do you want to know more? An important consideration is the boss. What if it's your boss or a member of senior leadership who is stating these myths or these beliefs? Now what? Well, my friends, it's all in the data. Data is the answer. I just wanted to add to the idea that if we are working in teams, one of the challenges is what if we have people who have been identified as senior on our teams and what if they try to counteract any of the work oh. that your people are doing? And if they're the ones who are trying to perpetuate something and they're saying, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I was um, working with a young consultant a few years ago, and he was telling me that, that the client, an SME, well-respected, very knowledgeable, didn't agree with what he was suggesting. But the fact is what he was suggesting was correct and the SME was incorrect. He said, but they don't want to listen to a 25-year-old. Take yourself out of the equation. You could say something like, you know, I was reading a research article on this, and here's what they said. And I think sometimes people say, well, that's just your opinion. Why is your opinion better than mine? Even though you might have multiple advanced degrees, of course, your opinion probably is better. 
but if you can cite research that supports something, then it's not your opinion. It's like, well, it's your opinion versus data. It doesn't pit them as like, well, my opinion versus your opinion. It's like, we're both out of the equation. We're just looking at the research and saying, what does it say? Well, there you have it. The people have spoken. Handling learning myths can be a tricky thing, and it must be handled with care and sensitivity, being condescending, patronizing, or just plain rude and mean doesn't get the results we need. It doesn't move the needle. What does move the needle? Well, it's about knowing our audience. Where are they in their career? Are they subject matter experts turned trainer? Are they new to the industry? Do they work alone and depend on tribal knowledge or the information they have today? All in all, as one coffee chatter put it, The solution is in the design. If we use good design to underpin everything that we do, maybe, maybe these learning myths will quietly die. Well, as always, if you want to be part of the live discussion, and you know you do, go on over to learningrebels.com and sign on up. In the meantime, stay curious, be rebellious, and take over the world. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. For more content like this, or to begin your own podcasting journey, head on over to obsidian-productions.com.